0: Hi, I'm Michaela, a psychotherapist. Hi, I'm Savannah, not a psychotherapist. Welcome to our podcast, Be You, Find Happy, real life conversations about life and the pursuit of happiness. It's me. I'm flying solo this week because it is Saturday and the podcast is supposed to come out on Wednesday and I actually don't have any guests lined up for this week, which feels kind of nice, but also feels a little curious, like unfamiliar. It's been nine episodes since Savannah and I have sat down together and chatted for this podcast. And in the art of full disclosure, I will tell you, I am driving back on highway 80 from San Francisco and have a couple hours of traffic. And I thought, what better use than to randomly blab on podcast. So here I am. And I really, it's interesting because I have had all of these thoughts for topics and ideas to discuss on the podcast. Uh, when Savannah and I had our own episode, like when we would have a a chance to kind of sit and just connect and chat. And some of the topics that have been flooding through my mind are the idea of defeat and how angriness and letting our inside anger seep out affects our happiness. And also just generally speaking, our self-worth. And I've been, I've been going through so much lately. And those of you who follow me on Instagram have seen this and you've commented on this. And some of you that get my mostly monthly uh Online journal, we'll call it, have also commented on uh, what I've shared, and I appreciate so much all of your feedback. And what I'm really feeling right now is that there's just this energetic shift happening uh, for me in the way of my perception of things. And so, like if I look at life in as a whole, I realize how many gifts and how many blessings and how fortunate. I am and how great life really is. If I really just break it down, like I have nothing to complain about, but on a much more deeper level, I just got back from Alaska. We spent 12 days in Alaska this year. We usually try to go every year and visit family. And this time I really immersed myself into the whole experience. Uh, Cell phone service was really bad this year. It just was roaming all the whole time. And so I was really only able to get online for like little blippets to check urgent email and keep up on some Instagram stories for your viewing pleasure. And that's it. Other than that, I was completely in Alaska life. So I really feel like it's been a challenge coming back to the hustle and bustle of the world that we live in. And I don't know if you are listening to this podcast and you can relate to this, but just this kind of overall sense of constant urgency and never really feeling like almost like as if you're running a race that just doesn't ever end. Like, there's no finish line here. (laughs) And if it's death, that sucks, you know, but just kind of like wanting to, wanting to better understand life purpose and not just my individual life purpose, but like our global human life purpose. And I follow a lot of awesome Instagrammers who, you know, share all sorts of things, um, metaphysically about different things that are happening in the universe. And that definitely helps, um, provide some insights I think to what I'm feeling or at least normalize what I've been feeling. But we got back uh, from Alaska and uh, ended up having like complete snafu uh, CF, major CF in Seattle. And it was just like, we ended up having to lay over and we were afraid all this fish that we caught was gonna defrost and go to waste and just kind of one thing after another. Um, But that didn't even bother me. What really bothered me is that I had to buy a pair of clothes, Um, not even a whole set. I just needed some underwear and a tank top because I'd been sweating, running through the airports, whatever. And I was going to have to stay overnight in Seattle. So I'm at the target in what I do later find out is one of the most dangerous cities in America, mind you. But uh, yeah. And this woman like races me to the checkout lane, but not even really. Cause I thought she was just walking by with her cart, basically get there about the same time. Uh, although me sooner and she proceeds to start yelling at me that I'm cutting her off in the line. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things where any other day I probably would have just bit my tongue. But after having flown for 24 hours and then slept in the shittiest hotel on the face of the earth. No, that's not true. They're really shitty hotels with like really nasty stuff. This one happened to have a bullet hole in the wall and a toilet that sprayed water to the ceiling. And still had leftover shampoo and conditioner open and soap open in the shower. But anyway, not the shittiest, but definitely on the list of like crappy, crappy hotels. If I hadn't had that whole experience, I probably would have kept my mouth shut. But she starts barking at me, not even knowing, you know, like, Hey, I'm just trying to buy a pair of freaking underwear that I haven't worn for the last however many hours. And I just basically said back to her, like, that's great that you feel that way, but I completely disagree. And this was my first Aside from dealing with the customer service gate agents in the airport, this was like my first time dealing with humans and life um, since I'd been on vacation. And it really felt so disheartening. Like how, how can this be the way that we operate as humans? Like how can we do it this way? And especially coming back from Alaska where, you know, everybody's pretty much living off the land. They're living in the most basic way that humans are meant to exist. And I know that we've made tremendous, like global advances in the last 200 years. And that's a really incredible thing that we should be proud of. But I don't know if our human evolution is just caught up to that yet. in the way that we respond to each other and handle things. And even just the fact that I'm currently driving down the highway and I'll go ahead and say at 65 miles per hour eh, maybe a little bit over. Uh, yeah. Humans weren't meant to travel at 65 miles an hour. You know what I mean? Like really, we were not meant to run at 70 miles an hour. If we were, we would be built like cheetahs and we're totally not. So immersing back into the hustle and bustle has made me feel completely disappointed. And this is where I kind of say, like, if I step back and I just look at life, I'm like, life is great. Life is wonderful. We have hot water. We have food in the fridge, all of these amazing, incredible things. But I feel like as a human, as humans, we can do better. Like, I feel like we could do better. I just read an email. One of Stephanie Birch's Right Club emails came through um, while I was in Alaska. And it it mentioned that if you don't believe we can do better, just like look at your public restroom, your basic public restroom. We all, you know, you go in there and you see toilet paper on the floor and maybe the sink got left on and just all of these like nasty, horrible things. And it's like, where is the responsibility to care for the messes that we make and our own earth? As a matter of fact, I really wanted to do a post on Instagram about that because I came across, I stumbled on this awesome sign while I was hiking in Alaska and I will share it to my Instagram soon. Um, but unfortunately Instagram put me on a timeout cause I was being suspicious cause I would like log in once a day and super duper love, 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 all these posts. And I don't normally do that. I'm like a two minute Instagrammer, like every hour, every other hour, usually throughout the day and not like a 30 minute Instagrammer. <laughs> Anyway, they asked me to change my password and I kept changing my password every day. And then the last day we were on the flights and all that crazy shit. I didn't change my password to lock me out. So I'm on Instagram timeout. But point is, you know, up there in Alaska, they have such this. I mean, and I, I guess I can't blink at statement it, but for the most part, and I visited Southeast. Everybody cares for the land. They respect it. They take care of it here in California. we just We just pillage our shit. Until the government has to come through and try to control everything and tell us, you know, put signs up of barricades and regulations and all these things. Because we don't have that respect. We just assume like a freaking fountain soda is just going to keep pouring out for us. And it's not. And it's disappointing. And I've really been struggling with this lately. I've been struggling with this idea that as a global society, we can do better. And feeling generally defeated by some of the people that I've encountered. And I'm one of those people that believe like my, uh, my external, my outward attitude can really change how people respond to me. So if I smile, if I'm happy, if I'm forgiving, understanding the response that I generally get, even when it's something that I'm not happy about, is generally pretty welcoming, pretty warm. But lately, I have had a harder time tapping into that super nice, super understanding, super forgiving personality that I know exists. And a friend of mine just sent me an incredible meditation on Insight Timer. And if you don't use that app, let me tell you, it is by far one of my most favorite apps uh, for meditation. It's free. And you can track your meditation daily. They've got great starter ones. So if you want to listen to ocean sounds or a person talking. um, But then they also have some really great inspirational and insightful talks that are meditative as well. And she just sent me this one. And I want to say it was called. You know what? Let me find the exact uh, name of it. And I will go ahead and put it in the show notes. But it was basically about the angry you that lives inside all of us. The, the angry, dark seed of destruction that blossoms into a really nasty star thistle. That's my version of it. They put it much more eloquently on the meditation timer, but it's there and it lives in all of us. And there's on the flip side of that, the yin and the yang, you know, the balance in life. There's also this beautiful soft a uh, seed that can blossom into a gorgeous flower that has the ability to heal and it talks about how each time we're faced with a trigger we make a choice we make a choice on whether we want to respond negatively or to respond with hate or to respond with anger or from a place of angry like expression even with our nonverbal like our face and then we also have the choice to choose something different, something happier, something more peaceful. And I find that I know this, but I've been struggling so much lately to respond from that softer place. But if all of us are all going down this path, which is what I've really been feeling lately, then as a global society, we're just destroying each other, just breaking each other down and this ultimately can't, can't be good for anyone. And I, and I know the feelings that I've had of defeat lately, I think are kind of coming from that place of, uh, you know, not trusting that my feelings are safe in the world that, um, maybe that if I do come with that happy response, I'm going to be seen as weak or attacked or something like that. And so I've been really struggling to find that space again, where I'm not coming from a protective wall. I'm coming from an open, trusting place. And it's been really a challenge. So I I guess I'm just, I guess I'm just podcasting today to share some of these kind of different things that have been going on for me. And And to tell you that if you're feeling these thoughts and these feelings, I think they're perfectly normal. And I think that they're actually probably very insightful. And I think that some of the best growth that we do as humans comes from the place of most uncomfortability. So if you are feeling like you don't want to talk to people because you have nothing good to say or nothing good is coming out of your mouth, I don't think it's a bad thing to take a break. when Instagram put me on timeout and I reread the post that I was going to post that day, I was like, huh, I kind of sound like a grumpy whiny bitch. (laughs) And I, you know, I kind of hold, I kind of used this window. I did apologize to people for not being able to love and like their stuff, but I can see it. But I kind of used this window to just take a step back and say, I'm going to be an observer and I'm not going to be a communicator. Um, And that also meant, not necessarily reaching out to my friends and kind of taking a little self-care time and holding up a little bit um, in the days since I returned from Alaska. And then after a few days of introspection and reflection, I did start reaching out to my friends. And what was really interesting, and this was all during the time of the Lion's Gate, if you're familiar with that in in kind of the metaphysical world is the 8-8. Uh, It affects the third eye chakra, things like that. Higher awareness. um, And with, I think some of that higher awareness does come those feelings of disappointment or sadness. And um, I started reaching out to my friends and I was surprised to learn that many of them, and then also not surprised because I feel like energetically my friends are my friends because we are connected from, like hatched from the same star and um so my friends were feeling similar to how i was feeling and and it made me realize that it's it's okay it's okay for us to have these times in our life where we disagree we disagree with life (laughs) we disagree with how things are going and want better we want to do better um we want the softer, the softer side, the softer seed to start to blossom and come out. And I think the only way sometimes to do that, and I don't advocate for this in my own personal garden, but I'm advocating for this. Um, what is the word uh, from an analogy, an anal- uh, as an analogy, <laughs> um, to round up the weeds. You know what I mean? like you gotta kill that shit a little bit. You gotta spray that shit down. And so I think that for me, the past week was really taking a little time to spray some of the weeds or pull some of the weeds that have been popping up. And, and I couldn't do that publicly because I needed the space to be able to really feel what I was feeling and see, is this coming from everybody around me? Um, and is seeping into me, or is it something that is starting with me and seeping out of me? I know that sounds kind of like creepy and gross, but hopefully you know what I mean and what I'm saying. And then at the end of this week, I had a very special and crazy thing that I had to do. And that is that I needed to go meet with a bunch of agents in San Francisco to sit down and talk about my new novel. And this is coming on the heels of having had four manuscript critiques or assessments and two edits. And in the world of book publishing, um, there is so much pressure for it to be right. There's so much pressure for You to follow the guidelines for which a bestseller truly has. And this has been an eye-opening experience for me. So those of you who heard me, heard the episode Teetering on Disaster, know that I've published a couple of books, um, children's books, memoir, fiction, etc. And I think in reflecting, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I gave up. And I don't know if I gave up on myself or if I gave up on the work, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure I believed in the stories, I still do. I don't think they're my, I, Notwithstanding teetering, I don't think the others are probably the best work I could have put out. And in that way, I kind of feel disappointed in myself in a lot of ways, but also it's been a part of my journey. And it's been part of what's gotten me here where I am now and where I am now is that I want that bestseller. I, I believe the words for the novel that I'm writing um, deserve to have global wings. I believe the message is worth being heard. And I don't want to sell myself short on that opportunity. So this time I'm putting myself... Through the very painful rigmarole of exposing myself to critique and judgment and all of the above and it has been one of the hardest things that i've ever had to do and it's not because i don't know you know i know that i have room for improvement always in my life i know that i always have things that i need to do to continually grow as a person but I also feel like I work pretty damn hard. Um, and you know, nobody wants to be told they suck over and over and over again. And sometimes in the book publishing industry, it feels like that. And it's not because you suck. It's not that. It just doesn't align with the agents and, or you haven't written a great novel. Agents don't sign mediocre work. They don't sign good work. They don't even sign, great work. They only sign excellent work, like the best, bestest, best. And it's, if you think about all of the books that there are in the world and how long of a shelf life a book truly has, that can, that can feel super overwhelming at times. It can, it can feel Like it's not even possible, but I know that what I tell myself and that narrative is ultimately truly going to impact how everything is going to play out in the long run. And I am rolling up to the toll bridge. So I'm going to go ahead and let this be our halfway break and reconnect with you on the other side of the toll. Dollars. Oh my gosh. It's like freaking California has gotten absolutely asinine. <laughs> I swear. Oh my goodness gracious. But I get it. The bridge maintenance is kind of a big deal. So I get it. I've also decided that I think road trips are some of my best processing and you know, Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada to Sierra ta- or to San Francisco is not exactly a road trip. At least not for us Johnsons because <laughs> we usually travel like I don't know, 1400, 1500 miles in a road trip, but Hey, it's something. And it's helping me process. So where I was at is that I was saying that I'm trying to go through this traditional book publishing method this time. And I was totally ill prepared for the immensity of the process. So every best-selling author, I will tell you, unless they freaking had their book fall on the lap of an agent and it was absolutely perfect, they went through so much to get there, so much. I often have people ask me like, oh, I wanna write a book, tell me how to do that. And I'm like, yeah, so just uh, start writing. <laughs> I I just don't think that there's any standard answers anymore but I encourage anybody. I've had people reach out to me since doing this podcast as well that say, "You know, I'm thinking about starting a podcast." And so my advice to you if there's something that you feel you need to do in this lifetime, do it. And don't let anybody stop you or tell you you're not good enough. And that's not to say That people aren't going to say, hey, you know, there's some room for improvement here. That's not to say that you're not going to learn a lot along the way. And there, but that is to say that there's no rights and wrongs. And as long as you believe in your heart and you're coming from that space, you're going to make it happen. But don't get caught up in the nitty gritty and the details because you don't want that to prevent you from the actual first step of doing what you said you wanted to do, which is, you know, speak your truth on a podcast or write that book that you've always wanted to write. And you know what, if only 10 people read that book, then it was the 10 people that needed to read that book. And that is amazing and great. But if I knew what I know now, back then, when I started this process for truly trying to get a book deal, I don't I don't know. I probably would have just done what I've done before and been like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to publish a mediocre book and get it done. And that's just not where I want to go this time. And I'm really glad that I didn't know how truly hard it was going to be. And I'm not talking about the writing guys. Like for me, Obviously, I'm sitting here talking to my cell phone on the road with nobody to even respond back for like 30 some odd minutes. Talking is not the problem. And that translates completely into my writing world. Like writing, I can sit down and jump in a character and it's like I'm living out a dream and I have no problem with that. But receiving letters and manuscripts that are really ripping apart characters that you've spent, you know, hours creating and defining and your intentions and your goals and your motives for those characters and your grammar. It's, 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 um, uh, it'd be like going to your job and having your boss tell you you suck every day. And I've actually had that happen once before I've had in my life. I have had the polar opposite spectrums on bosses. I have had the absolute most, most bestest mentor ever. And I still think about this person and hope that they're doing well and often reach out to this person because what they taught me when I was a young person starting my professional career was priceless and I've taken it with me to every, everything I've ever done. And it was so much more theoretical and not, you know, the technical details about the work, but the theoretical parts to life. And and if you can find a mentor like that, I think we all need people like that in our life. Like they may not be in our life forever, but they just come into our life for a small period of time and they hold our hand or put their arm around our shoulder and then they walk with us to the next you know, why in the road? And then we shake hands and say goodbye or give a hug and move on. But we still have that time and that guidance and that's priceless. I've also had the bosses though that are complete a-holes that are trying to make your life miserable. I've actually very specifically had one that was a female and she was horrid. and this was back when i was working in pharmaceutical sales does anybody know that that i used to sell drugs for a very brief amount of time in my life in college hated that job that is probably what completely sh- oh i think i've mentioned this before in the podcast freaking hated it hated the boss she was awful the devil in disguise uh, but then i also had a job with a boss who was somewhere in between like just that blatantly horrid and then just kind of get under your skin make you not really want to show up for work on time kind of person so i've had the whole gamut but imagine that you have to tell your boss your whole life story over and over and over again and your boss basically personally attacks you and tells you how much your life story sucks (laughs) that's kind of what it's like to have your manuscript critiqued. (laughs) That's what it kind of feels like, but so worth it. Because if this message that I am writing makes it to the best, no, when, when it makes it to the bestsellers list, I will be so proud of myself and I will know that I've given it my all. But feelings of defeat can, they can really start to shift our beliefs about ourselves, our confidence level. And those little seeds, uh, and I feel like I've been talking about seeds a lot <laughs> this episode, which is weird because it's not even spring, and I have a huge garden with delicious tomatoes, by the way. But um, no, I feel like the the whole thought of defeat can really break us down in ways that the negative part of us wants to shine more and it's not coming from a bad place. It's coming from that place of protection. It's coming from a place of saying, I feel vulnerable and I don't like this. And so I'm going to back talk you. And I think that's kind of how I felt at Target. uh, In where was I at? Tequila. Tequila. It felt like I was being attacked and I knew I was in the right. And so I got defensive. I felt vulnerable and I wanted to protect myself and opted to respond with this whole, like, I disagree with you, but whatever attitude rather than just saying, okay, I hope you have a great day, (laughs) which would have just been better for everybody, you know, because I walked out of there feeling certainly a little shaky and still let her go ahead of me, which then made me feel like, why the fuck did I do that? (laughs) Why the beep did I do that? I was in the right. I should not have felt intimidated, but I honestly was so overwhelmed being back in the world with humans. Uh, I swear I, uh, I will take the bears and the wolves any day people, people say to me, like, aren't you scared to hike alone with the mountain lions? Yeah, I am scared of mountain lions. True story. Yes. When I really think about them and the fact that I see them crossing the road all the time where I live, and then I go hike alone where I live. Yeah, it's terrifying, but I'm way more afraid of being in a fucking Walmart these days. Swear. No joke. True story. So I tell you all of that to now randomly go off on this tangent and tell you this. I'm starting a detox program. (laughs) And if you're following my stories, since that's the only thing I can do on Instagram right now, you already know this, but I have had a lot of people ask me about said detox, and I totally want to share with you about this detox, but I want to wait until Maybe I'll check in after like every it's a 90 day program and I will check in with you probably after every 30 days. I really want to, um, I really want to see how everything unfolds before I start touting it too much. So I'm staying a little secretive about it, but I did start the detox program and I do think that this could be partially also contributing to, kind of just some general overall awareness of, um, lots of different things. Part of this detox program includes removing toxins from your daily life. And, um, you know, when you really break it down and you look at the list that they give you for what that entails, you're like, wow, <laughs> I, uh, everything, everything is toxic. Everything I've touching my skin with everything, you know, and there's this certain argument that people that naysayers will have and they'll make and they'll say, well, don't you think that, you know, we'd all be dead if everything was toxic? Yes. But if we look at it like the cancer rate and things like that, I mean, there is a correlation. There has to be, well, there doesn't, but there's a proven correlation between these things. And I don't know that humans have had enough time yet in our modern industrial, you know, revolutionized way of living to really truly cope and adapt at a cellular level. So I don't think we've really gotten to the point where our bodies can handle McDonald's 24 seven or handle the shampoos with all of the shit in them that we put on our hair and seep into our brain every day. So, you know, I mean, Some people make the argument, well, perfectly healthy people that have never been exposed to toxins die of cancer too. Yes, but we're not talking about the anomaly. I think we're talking about like the greater, the greater overall picture of as a society, what we are doing to ourselves. And I really think this kind of ties back into everything in the way of what are we doing folks? And if we really think about it, it does. It feels overwhelming and it makes me feel very defeated. And it's like, how do you even tackle a problem this large? And I think it just has to start with each and every one of us. I feel like we all have to go into our garden and start pulling some of these weeds and really look at how we're responding and look at how we're living and really consider what we're doing. And one of the the most easy ways, you know, is in our shopping cart. Like, how much food do you put in your cart? How much of that food do you really eat versus how much of that, like, produce goes to waste? How many things did you purchase with packaging that are completely not great for the environment? And just because, just because, guys, a dump truck comes to your house every week and picks up your ginormous thing of trash, does not mean that you still don't have, that you don't have a responsibility to that trash. You know, as long as we're buying the shit, they're they're gonna keep putting it in the supermarkets. So it really can start just right there. Like, you're still responsible for your trash, even though, sure, some other company generated it, but you ultimately made the decision to engage and buy it and put it in your trash bin, which is gonna end up in the ocean or in a landfill, And it's not a fountain soda, you know? We can't just keep pulling the lever and expecting it to come flushing out into our cup. Our cup is overfilleth, right? Like getting all philosophical. (laughs) Seriously though, I, I think that lately I've been hyper aware when I see people out at a restaurant and the waste on the plate um, and part of this detox program is that I, you know, it's not really limiting in the way of food or anything like that, but I do only eat three meals and they're on the smaller side. And part of that's just cause I haven't had an appetite. Um, so I'm consuming what is on my plate and I look around and I see the overordering and we, I've been guilty of this. Like the big thing for me with all of this and part of what I've been feeling is that I am guilty. I'm not innocent in all of this. And I do contribute and I do let the angry version, the war, the, you know, the, the warring version of myself come out. And I am going to find that meditation for you guys because I think you love it. But, um, and I don't let the softer side come out sometimes and I don't always choose the best thing. And, and that's been one of the things that I've been struggling with the most is my contribution and my role and the sense of purpose to each other and the world and the earth and yeah, So it's been a struggle for me. And I have been trying to give myself grace and understanding. And in that same way, let that softer, that softer being that exists, uh, to shed some forgiveness, um, for a lack of insight or awareness. But now moving forward, I just don't feel like guys, I can turn a blind eye anymore. I don't feel like I have the ability To continue to say, like, I'm okay with your behavior. I'm okay with things being like this because this is just the way it is. This is just the way the world is. And going into a bathroom and watching someone, you know, make a freaking huge ass mess and not clean it up. I just, I don't know that I'm okay with that anymore. And that, and I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to move forward from this space. I don't know. I don't have the answer yet. I read a post that yoga girl posted, I, her page, if I'm being completely honest, like her Instagram page, I still follow her, but her Instagram page is very triggering for me. Um, and it's not so much her, it's like all the commenters on her stuff. So I, I think you guys remember my very first episode was about trolls and it was about an engagement with some people on her Instagram. So I follow her. But I, I'll just be completely honest. I mute her stuff, and I go there when I, 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 I want to check in with her. I think she has got some beautiful things to say, so I go into her page when I feel emotionally ready, and love to see the pictures of Leiluna, her daughter, and you know just all the interaction there. And then I'm mindful of whether I can handle reading any of the comments or whether I want to skip them, and. I touch it, you know, touch base in that way. And there's a handful of Instagram accounts that I do that with. Um, And then there's some that, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I want to be the first person to see their post every time because they either inspire me or make me laugh or whatever. And I want to instantly see their stuff. And it's not, it's not her fault that she's got a range of people on there. She's got 2.1 million followers. (laughs) There's going to be some buttholes commenting on her shit that fires me up. And there's no sense in engaging with those people, but sometimes I, yeah. So anyway, she posted, I, I can't tell you when, um, and maybe I'll try to find the post, but it was about boundaries and, you know, we've talked boundaries many times on this podcast. Um, and she kind of really said, like, hey, this is my space. This is my platform. And these are my hard lines. These are my opinions. And fuck y'all if you have anything else to say. And so just straight out the gate, like, first, completely agree with her. Like, it is Well, it's a public platform. Like, you know, she didn't own Instagram, but I mean, it's her account. She owns her account. Well, I guess she leases her account. I don't even know what the hell are we all doing on social media. But anyway, she's doing that (laughs) and it is her space and she is entitled to be however she wants to be with her space. And, um, I believe that I believe a hundred percent that there have been too many people that try to be something else on social media because they're afraid of how people are going to respond. So I admire that about her, but I don't think that it correlates to boundaries in the way that, that she kind of described boundaries being, I got lost there. I misunderstood, I think a little bit of, of what she meant by her boundaries But I drew this kind of connection to what I've been feeling lately as a human, which is like, you know, I feel that we can do better, but what is my right to spout that opinion or to, you know, enforce that within my bubble, you know, if you're in the same space as me and I see you do some stupid shit, what am I entitled to tell you so? I don't think so. I don't know. And I'm, and this is where I'm kind of drawing this connection to her, her post where she says, you know, Hey, if you're on, this is my social media. I fucking hate Trump. And if you uh, don't agree, get the fuck out of here. And I also hate this and don't like this. And I think this is wrong and blah, blah, blah. If you don't agree, get out of here. And I think this because it's my opinion, but I also believe that I'm right. And these are my beliefs and these are my, and I'm setting these boundaries to protect myself from my own beliefs. And that's what I kind of feel like I've been feeling lately with rude people and abusive, you know, and when I say abusive, I I mean, obviously people punching people in the face, but even just, even just how you're abusing the earth. You know, we're all here together. This, we're sharing the space, right? We're sharing the space. So I don't know, pipe in, f- give me some feedback. Leave me some comments. I don't know, guys. I don't know what I should be allowed or what I should feel obligated or entitled to. I don't know. I think that's some of my struggle. I want that soft, happy-go-lucky, happy, happy, happy version of me to come back 100%. But there is this slightly jaded part of me that is so disappointed with the world um last night i was in the hotel for the writers event that i was attending and i heard a child i heard some loud loud noises thuds thunks etc like it literally sounded like someone got thrown against a wall or dropped hard on the floor kind of thing with some screaming. And then there was a child who could not have been older than three or four years old, who was just crying hysterically, like the choke crying sounded like they were getting murdered. Now, guys, I know I've had, I've had an infant. I've had a toddler. I, I know that children can sometimes cry in such a way that it sounds like they're being brutally murdered and you know it's a splinter kind of thing so i'm aware of this but all of the other circumstances surrounding it made my heart sink so hard like i really felt like something very bad had happened and was me calling or you know stepping in gonna change anything no I've worked long enough as a psychotherapist to know I've literally had to make those judgment calls with what I do as a mandated reporter. I have had to call the, you know, the authorities and report these sorts of things. And I've seen absolutely nothing happen. That is the fucking truth. Swear to you. That is the truth. I've also seen on the flip side, families who are completely being put through the ringer for completely stupid shit. And they're absolutely loving parents, but, um, you know, there was two ounces of marijuana in the car. And so now they're endangering their children and blah, blah, blah. But they're the greatest parents in the whole world. I've seen both sides. I've also seen the system work. So I'm not saying it can't, I've definitely seen that. But last night as I was laying in the hotel, I'm like, do I do? You know what I mean? Like, yes, I'm a mandated reporter, but this doesn't, this, this isn't, this wouldn't be an area unless I was physically in the room and saw it happen or something like that. I'm not entitled to report or I'm not required to report, I should say. But I felt in my gut, like it was bad. Like it was not good. Do I call the hotel operator and say, Hey, I hear some, really yucky, not great noises upstairs? Or do I put the pillow over my head and go to bed? I don't, I'm not going to tell you guys what I opted to do on this podcast, because this is kind of the dilemma that I'm sharing is like, we know we can do better, but then what is our role? What are we, where are we overstepping? You know what I mean? Where are we overstepping our bounds under the auspices of them being boundaries? Or for the greater good. I don't know. That's where I'm at. And I don't have the answers. But I felt completely compelled on this road trip back home where I've been going seven miles an hour. Mind you, I am using hands-free to record this podcast. This podcast brought to you safely by Bluetooth. Um, I just felt compelled to share. To talk about some of this stuff. And I don't know that just putting it in an Instagram caption would truly express it. I think it just come across and whiny and Bitchy and all those things I mentioned before. So I'd love your feedback on this episode. I'm putting myself out here a little bit this time. I don't have Savannah to ground me or bounce ideas off of me or tell me I'm being crazy. Um And I don't have a guest to hide underneath the veil of and just ask them questions about their life and insert little blips of mine here and there. So this is really me kind of putting myself out there. Um, But if you're struggling with the same thing, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear how you're handling it. I'd love to hear if you feel what I'm talking about. Um, And I will put the links in the show notes to the meditation timer. Um, the Inside Timer app, and the meditation I'm referring to about the warring self. Alrighty, guys, thank you so much for listening to the BU Find Happy podcast today. And please, 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 if you like, share it, give it a like, hit subscribe. All these things help us continue keeping this podcast possible. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. Da, 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 da. For more inspiration, check out our links. Whoa, is that? Bye bye. Bye bye.